Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hey everyone, we decided to record an extra episode this week to address something that many of you may be wrestling with after the tragedy at the Waukesha Christmas Parade. We are still heartbroken over the senseless loss of life, and as we struggle to process through it, we know that many of you are parents who are trying to help your children process through it. So last night, Tyler Volkers and I had a conversation about how you can help your kids through a tragedy. And this is something that he's currently experiencing as the parent of a nine and a five-year-old. And he offers some really good insight on how to approach the conversation as well as some helpful resources that you can use. So this is my conversation with Tyler. Well, hi, Tyler. Thanks for, uh, thanks for making this extra podcast with me. Yeah, John. Hey, uh, love being on the podcast. Love uh, being with you. Um, I know it's kind of a sad reason why we're doing this right now, but uh, yeah. I'm happy to help however, however we can. Yeah, I mean, obviously, so um, I'm, a, I'm imagining a lot of people are aware, but for those that are listening to this and maybe, um, you know, they haven't been super following the news or, or outside of the Milwaukee area, um, there's a recent tragedy in, in Waukesha, um, and you can kind of follow up on that at your own discretion, uh, but a lot of it has to do with what we're talking about today is when something like this happens, when something really challenging happens and it's all over the news it's everywhere, how do you, how do you talk to your kids about that? Because that's kind of been a recurrent thing that we've seen as people have asked questions. Hey, how do I talk to my kid about this thing? They just saw something challenging. So as mm-hmm. parents are asking that question right now, Tyler, how do I talk to my kid when something like this, when a tragedy happens, maybe we can just break it down. Like how do you mm-hmm. start, how do you even start to talk to your kids when something like this goes on? Yeah. And probably the bigger question, right, is how do I even talk about this A as a person? Um, Because I think we have to be real and honest with ourselves first is how are we handling um, this news, uh, this news personally out of Waukesha, which uh, I mean, to be fully, fully transparent, John, I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday night and I just um, before we jumped on, I just saw that there was an additional death. And uh, so now we're up to six deaths out of this. And, and unfortunately, a heartbreaking one is the one that I just heard of is it is a child. And so now this even, you know, increases, well, how do we even talk about this even more? Because it's, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. And, uh, and I think one of the things primarily as we go through this, and I want to speak kind of more into this, uh, putting on my, my hat more as a parent and as a dad, I have a, I have a nine-year-old uh, daughter yeah. um, who's in uh, fourth grade. And then I have a five-year-old son who, who's in kindergarten. And so not as much as a pastor, but just as a dad, I, you know, I'm going along with on this journey with you guys. I first heard about what happened with this particular event on Sunday. And my first reaction, honestly, was kind of one of numbness. Like I saw a little posting on social and it was kind of one of those. I hope that's not real. I hope that's a social post that kind of like went kind of bizarre. But I mean, but but I had to be real honest with myself. It's a guy I knew and he would not just post something like that. Um, And then I actually had a phone call from a family member about 10 minutes after that. that said, hey, I saw about this on a news network. This family member lives in Virginia. 
and just wanted to make sure we were okay. And that was when I was like, oh, you saw this on a national news network already, like something something big just happened. And then um, we went through the events that we um, were talking about. And so for me, my, my honest emotion first was like this numb emotion of like, really? Like this is happening. Um, we've already had a hard year. It was almost kind of like the um, if I can just be candid, like the woe is us, you know, it's, it's just, you know, yeah. what's, what's going on um, with this year. And I think for us, it, Hey, let's, let's just process our own emotions, you know, and then we realize, like, okay, now we have our kids right here. Like what, how do we help that um, there? So it, in a how perfect, did you, uh, if I yeah. can yeah, go, go ahead. back there, how did you process through that? Like, what was that? What was that process like for you? Uh, for me, it was kind of one of those, it, it was different for us because for me, um, you know, with the Ridge, we started um, a leadership group text and started talking like, hey, how do we want to handle this real quick? And so it was kind of an immediate, like our family kind of knew something was going on. Uh, yeah. My wife, which I'm blessed to have an amazing wife, just to kind of at that point shielded our kids, took them through the bedtime routine. And then I, I had to hop on Zoom and, and plan a couple things. And we got some things going on, which um, our lead pastor, Mark led through an incredible Facebook live of just like, Hey, how do we just immediately process what we're going on? Which I thought he did phenomenal with, uh, which then allowed me to just kind of like have some moments just to be honest with God and took that night journaled. Um, I watched a lot of the news clips, watched the social feeds, and then just took a time to say, I'm going to turn this off, go to bed, wake up. And then I, I process my emotions best in the morning in a journal. And so I'm like, okay, so we, we did that. And then I went for a run and then came back. And that's usually when my kids wake up and let them kind of get ready for their morning routine. And I, my wife leaves for work. And so I get to take over the kids routine and spend some time with them and then drop them off at school. That's just kind of our, our daily lives. And so the question that I just asked them was, um, Hey, I worded it in a way of like, hey, what do you guys know about this right now? Because I'm driving to school and you, and you just have yeah. to imagine elementary school. They're going to talk about it, at least among their friends or something. Yeah, it's good. And, people are going to talk about it. even if Yeah, it's so you just know passing. they're going to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, hey, what did you hear? I think that's always a great first question to ask your kids is, is just, hey, what do you know at first? And so they're identifying what, what they heard. And they just said, hey, there was an event and people got hurt and they got killed. And I, and, and I said, yeah, you know, they, they did. And it just started a, and then following up with, well, how do you feel about that? And so you want to, I wanted to drive out them and get kind of get their, their emotions. And my nine-year-old was processing a little bit more than my five-year-old, which make, makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. And, um, and starting to kind of call out those emotions and then be able to speak the truth into that appropriately. And, and for me, it was like, Hey, identifying, yeah, something bad happened. Um, we don't want it to happen. Um, but but something bad happened. There there are people that do bad things, and it's sad that they do bad things. Um, but I wanted to um, reemphasize. But because of those things, we get the opportunity then to do the good things and to be mm -hmm. the good in in this world. And so it's kind of the not so much focusing on the evil and the bad that that we see, but how can we respond to the evil and the bad? And mm -hmm. here here's our opportunity to be good. Um, and then and we, we called that out and then, and, and we're just doing this over a quick, quick car ride. And yeah. how was and the response to that? Uh, I mean, they were like, okay, okay. And, and I mean, at this point they were kind of like, Hey, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do this. We're going to do this. 
And then one of the things, John, that I did, and this is just a, a uniqueness to us, um, sure. but I think anyone like with any type of stuff was like, hey guys, you know, um, this is probably going to impact us in a way. And, and they already saw it. Like I, I jumped on Zoom calls, extra things. So like in, in my world, kind of like resp re responding to crisis. And there's times I've had to do this when families are in crisis and funerals and stuff is like, hey, we're going to need to help. And here's some of the best ways that you can help. And for me, honestly, at that point, it was like, hey, guys, I need you to work extra hard to be okay with mom. Like at mm -hmm. this point, like I'm probably going to be away a little bit more. So I'm kind of prepping for them to kind of help away. And I said, that that's not your fault. That's not a bad thing. That's just kind of a real thing. And mm -hmm. so I, I just, I, I just want you guys to just, you know, can you just be with mom the best that you can? And then, and then we'll come back to the family and, and, and spend some time with us. And like I said, we're still doing Thanksgiving. We're still doing this and mm -hmm. we're still going to have this but that was kind of like and that's a unique to our family thing in this type of situation and part of being in ministry yeah. um but uh but i know a lot of families have to deal with that as well you know like with nurses yeah. and other ones who, who have been called in to um provide care for for those in need so um so kind of like giving yeah, them a very tangible thing. actionable thing it's helpful. Oh, yeah, I, I think that was helpful. And then for them later, it was, when they got home, it's like, hey, what did you guys hear at school? How are you talking about? It? And just trying to monitor the feelings that they have there. Um, so that was yeah, that's a great point. A real hands -on for you us. don't really know. You don't really mm -hmm. know what was talked about at school. You don't know what other kids shared with them, you know, and mm -hmm. it could really be anything. Yeah. How and do you so go about starting that broad like so you, like when they get home do you like try to dive into it right away or is it kind of like when you know like you're maybe your natural fat family rhythm yeah um, yeah if, if your family has a regular rhythm um i would say you know lean into the rhythms because our kids respond best to routine um just in general and so yeah. um and so try to follow the routines there and then we just try to build in our rhythms of just kind of a regular check-in time uh, to, to kind of monitor how they're doing. And so a couple of quick action steps that we, we just take that have been helpful for us at dinner time. Dinner is so important. Um, we just have a few standard questions. We just ask, ask for them to kind of help monitor the day. Hey, what was a highlight of your day? What was something you learned today? And then we're just listening for cues to kind of talk about uh, that. And then um, even- Okay, so you guys, yeah. you have this natural rhythm of like mm -hmm. most dinners, you have these typical almost check-in questions, which I guess yeah. if somebody doesn't have those, that's a great thing to start mm -hmm. um, just in general. Uh, and then you're like trying to search, did they mention anything related to it? Or is it more like emotion-based? Like, oh, it was a little bit harder day or it was more sad or things like that. Uh, yeah, my kids are more elementary age and elementary age kids are going to are going to be a little bit more concrete there. So to, to them, it's going to be kind of like a, a fact based thing like, hey, this person was there. And, and, and it's been there like throughout the years, just even like, oh, yeah, you know, half our class was gone because of quarantine or whatnot. You know, so I mean, mm -hmm. we kind of had some regular things like, OK, hey, monitor that, ask a follow up question about that. Um, yeah. And so for them, it's just kind of like, oh, this is what what's going on but um but i think then you you pay attention to some of the social cues and if your child's starting to act you know act a little bit off that's where you can pull aside and say hey you know how, how are you doing really like hmm. um i noticed uh, just a little bit ago i was talking about this recent event and i saw my daughter's eyes just kind of go down a little bit it's like okay well hey jalen how how are you feeling about this um or, hmm. and and just kind of ask from there and and they'll share in their time, I'm sure kind of appropriate, but 
that's kind of how we're monitoring it. I, I would say my kids are more aware uh, of the event and have questions about it. I, I um, We've not seen a response in them that would say, hey, we need to take extra levels of help that maybe some of the families who are joining in are asking um, for sure, which, yeah. So what's your guys's, do you have a philosophy around like watching the news? Like, are they allowed to watch the news? Um, you know, this may be for a little bit older, but like mm -hmm. social things related to mm -hmm. multiple different sources. So for those with like middle school and teenage, they may be mm -hmm. seeing stuff about it a lot on social. Um, mm -hmm. What do you guys, do you have any thoughts on, in terms of like, I don't want to say monitor, but maybe that's the right word. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. They're, they're, they don't sit down and watch the news. Um, I'll turn it on and watch. So like, you know, with this event, I'll, I'll, ha I'll have it on, but I'm going to be there that full time. And then if I'm going to leave, I'm going to turn it, turn it off because I don't want them to have unfettered gotcha. access. Uh, my five-year-old, he's, he's off paying, you know, doing a touch. I can tell my daughter is starting to watch a little bit more. So then we'll ask some questions. Yeah. Um, but just for like ourselves and for them, I just make sure there's a time that you, you turn it off and you just say, Hey, I'm yeah. going to be done on this right now. Um, and I think the other thing I caught myself in is like, Hey, there's also times I just need to turn it off to pay attention to them to like, not let mm -hmm. this impact yeah. our family time and, and be so absorbed in this. Cause you could be absorbed in this 24 seven, not just in the news, but you know, I was on Twitter a lot more, Facebook a lot more, just to trying to get, see and what's the read and reactions of everyone else. So it's like, hey, you know what? We're gonna set a time to turn this off so that we can still be with our family and just say, we're okay, this is time to just be a healthy family. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of lead, that kind of leads into my um, next question. And that's like, I mentioned the high school, I mentioned you have elementary mm -hmm. students, um, mm -hmm how do you kind of know what's age appropriate and what's mm -hmm. not? I mean, obviously I'm talking as a not, I'm not a parent. Right. And so yeah. um, my biggest experience is with more than middle school and high school. And so mm -hmm. I have a decent grasp of that, but yeah. those parents listening, you know, and they're trying to figure out, okay, what is age appropriate? I guess that could mm -hmm. broaden into, you could even go for a, a bigger mm -hmm. conversation about that whole thing. You know, that could be an entire yeah. podcast is what's, Mm -hmm. age appropriate for my kid and what's not but right um how would you go about deciphering that i'm sure those, choosing those values and things like that yeah that's a that's a really great question and uh you know i and john like you i, I my background's in the student ministry middle school and high school students so i've had a lot of years with them as well and then um my kids have finished the early childhood phase and we're in the elementary phase and so when it Term, terms of level of appropriateness, I wouldn't say, hey, at this age, you know, this this is all of a sudden here. I think you have to monitor, you know, what's the emotional maturity of your child and what can they handle, what can they not handle? Yeah. Um, and that's okay. I like to err on the side of caution and a little bit more conservative side. What I would encourage every family who's listening to this right now is to actually go to our website, theridgecc.com mm -hmm. forward slash Ridge Families. And we actually, what's great about this is if you scroll down to uh, talking about the tough topics, um, one of our partners, uh, an organization called Parent Q, uh, a few years ago, just blessed anyone who will listen uh, <laughs> to, uh, by looking at what they called the phase project, where they, they wanted to realize, hey, there's just no one standard, like, answer for any kid zero to 18 like there's different phases and phases of our life and so um, what's great is they, they have the tough topic conversations but then 
they, they break it down by early childhood, elementary, middle school, and high school. So you can actually click on each hyperlink on the, based on the age of your child. That's going to give a little bit more insight into what might be appropriate and how you can monitor how your child is handling maybe this traumatic moment. So right now we have uh, these conversation guides and they're called crisis conversation guides. And you can click on them right on our website. And I just checked our app too. You can uh, tap on the family resources part on our yeah, app as and well. We can link to, to that in our that. show notes too. Yeah, that, that would be great. So, so I would encourage yeah. any family to start going there and just take, and they're, they're relatively short, take a few minutes to read through just to kind of get aware of like, Hey, here are some science to look for, like for an early childhood, for example. Um, hey, what is their behavior? Is their behavior acting a little bit out of like what the usual behavior would be? Are they a little bit more temperamental, a little bit more emotional? Okay, there might be something and maybe some unprocessed trauma to, to look at and some ideas to talk about. Um, and then also some guides and cues into um, when is it time to reach outside of you? One, one of the things that we realize as a parent is there's a lot of pressure on being a parent, but we don't have to do this alone. In fact, um, we're better when we don't do this alone. There, there's people we can invite to help speak into the life of our child. It could be um, if you're involved in Ridge Kids or Ridge Students, your small group leader. Um, it could be a faith leader. Um, there's counselors that we would recommend and point people to, you know, if you're like, if we're at a point where we'd say, yeah, this might be a time where we would need some professional help. And 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 that's okay. I mean, I get counseling. I know, uh, John, you, you've been involved with counseling. And um, and there's times where we just say, that we even as faith leaders say, hey, this is reaching a level that you would need some professional counseling. We are not that. Right. Um <laughs> But we can help you find that and find someone that we would know um, and trust uh, to help you with help you with that and help your child with that. So um, I would encourage everyone to check out those guides as a starting reference point. And then based on how your child's responding to that, um, maybe seeking the input of another faith leader or a small group leader to say, okay, what what's the appropriate next step after that? Yeah, we know that uh, kids just watch their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, even when they don't, even they don't think so. And they pick up on the little things. Um, is there anything in this time that you'd encourage parents to maybe avoid doing or avoid saying that could be harmful? Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, we, we say this all the time. Our faith is caught better than taught. And, and, and parents, you are the primary influence on your child, which is, some say that is really good news, and some see that as like, oh, that's that that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, but but here's the good news: is um, how you respond to this could actually help shape how your child will, will respond to this. And so, um, what I want to encourage you to do, and some things that we kind of think through, is like, okay, how how are how are we processing this? When do we need to turn this off? We can model that, mm-hmm. but then also. Um, when it comes to things that we might want to say or not say, I mean, we know that there are no words that are going to fix this. I mean, there, there's yeah. nothing that we can say that, that can change this. I mean, it, it, any parent would agree with this because we any parent wants the best for their kids. If we could go back and change what happened this last weekend, we would do it in a second. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but um, one of the things that I would encourage uh, parents to do is to validate your love and, and your feelings for your child. Um, but one of the things that I've come to realize is like, I say, Hey, I can promise my daughter and my son, I'm going to do everything that I can to make them safe. Yeah. But I can't say, I can't let bad things happen to you. You know, and there's a, and there's right. a difference that there's a difference there. 
Yeah. And so um, it's like, hey, I hope your trust in me as a parent is I'm going to look out for what's best for you. But I don't have the ability to change the world where you're going it, to it's everything's going to be OK. Yeah. And, and I hope not overpromising in some ways. Yeah. 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 And so just putting I think real showing and helping them understand an appropriate level like there are bad things happening. Um, there, there is evil in this world and there is harm in this world, but um, that doesn't mean we don't have to be hopeless. We can point them to the hope of Jesus. And so um, one of the things yeah, I'm trying to help. That's yeah, a good go point. Ahead. So if someone starts, because uh, I'm just imagining, and we could obviously go situational. I don't know if that'd be super helpful, mm-hmm. but I know a broad one probably for a lot of uh, kids is even if this is their maybe one of their first experiences with um, with death, Mm-hmm. you know, and something really evil, it could be for their, for their first experience with that. And, um, you know, there's, uh, depending on the age, there's an association with God and how could God let these things happen? And those questions are just supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, I mean, if that's something that someone's wrestling with personally, they can, uh, we actually had a, a conversation about that in service a few, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And so, um, uh, we can even, you know, point people in that direction. But if your kid starts talking to you about that type of thing, you obviously have an opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. is cool. But so how, how would you speak into that? Yeah. So in, in the message that Mark gave a couple of weeks ago regarding that, which is great. And Mark said something that's so powerful. And this is not how God intended it to be. And he talked about the brokenness of sin. When it comes to kids and students, there's a powerful line that, that I try to internalize and help my kids understand um, is that sin hurts not only you, but others too. Um, just kind of like in this, this powerful truth of just like, Hey, this is what happens. And, and the result of other sin will hurt us too. But then it allows the truth of, well, here's what Jesus did. And it's not what God intended it to be. God invites us to do something and be a part of something so much bigger than that. I mean, for all of our preschool kids, we try to teach these basic truths, you know, God loves you. God made you. Jesus wants to be your friend forever. And so we hold on to those anchors of that, even when things are, are hard um, for our, um, for our elementary age kids, we want them to help them understand that they can trust Jesus no matter what. Mm-hmm. And this is a, no matter what time I think for all of us, like, Hey, we, yeah. we want to trust Jesus no matter what. Um, we also teach other things like, Hey, I need to make the wise choice uh, as a handle and that I want to treat others the way I want to be treated. And I think that's the great opportunity we have as Christians right now, especially, you know, to our neighbors in Waukesha, where we might not have been directly impacted by these events. We have friends and neighbors that have been. And so what do we want to do? We want to come alongside them and love them and serve them. Um, and, this is this is the opportunity for us that that say, hey, what does love require of us? Let's identify some needs and, and help what that could be. So that could be making cards for the first responders. That could be um, sending cookies to the schools that, you know, the counselors are there right now um, yeah, praying that. for those others. Just looking for opportunities to say, how can we help the helpers uh, do that and um, give them the tangible needs to treat others with they want to be treated? Yeah, I wonder. Uh... Tyler, like somebody's going through this process, they are, you know, they're, they're handling themselves. They're processing through their own things. And then they're Mm -hmm. um, looking for maybe things that are out of the ordinary with their kid. They're asking them the great questions or having these conversations. Um, We know that sometimes kids will move on at at different paces, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Uh, is there an appropriate time to kind of recheck in, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, I think, I, th- I think, uh, and I, I know you had Lisa come in and talk about check-ins in one of previous episodes. If you put the show notes there, just do whatever she says. Um, yeah. but, uh, um, I like, I always like the daily and weekly rhythms daily, meaning, Hey, what's just a quick daily check-in. Like I mentioned the meal check-ins like, Hey, how are you doing? You know, but then a weekly, especially if you have an um, older student, maybe middle school or high school student, uh, of just the, Hey, let, let's just do this routine of like, how's it going? Hey, what are your friends saying? What are you hearing? And just letting them talk and, and usually just letting them talk and verbalize and processing it. That allows you to, to hear what's really going on to know, okay, hey, you're not, as a parent, you're not going to go in and fix it, but you're going to help them process what's going on and then hopefully then be able to identify and take the next appropriate step for them to serve others, love others, or pursue and maintain their own health, whatever that might be. I love that. And I mean, the listening can be so powerful Mm because we never want to invalidate someone's emotions and their feelings. And so Mm -hmm. even just by listening really well, we can validate them well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if, is there any kind of closing thoughts that you have on this? I going back to what we said earlier, um, process yourself first because our students will catch more than what we teach, um, and, and just meaning they're they're going to catch how we respond and how we think and how we act um, more than what we say to them and how to do it, and so. Um, you know, make sure that you're taking the time to process this as well. Go to God, have these, the tough, honest prayers. Um, and just say, Hey, you know what, if I want my kids to lean into God on this, if I want my kids to to process this, well, we have to pave the way to start doing that. And so, um, we have resources to help with that. Uh, we we've said this all along. If you need someone to pray for you, to pray with you, if you need someone to talk with, uh, send us a DM on our social channels, we'll get you in touch with somebody. And, uh, we're, we're monitoring that all the time. So you're not alone. We're here. To, we're here together. Um, that's the. I mean, none of us are perfect. We're, none of us are going to get an A plus on how to handle this because we haven't had, had to do this before. I pray we don't have to do it again. Um, but uh, um, know that you're not alone. We're we're here. So please um, use us however you need. Yeah, yeah. We uh, in the podcast we like to talk about hopeful and helpful, and I know that mm-hmm. this conversation hoping that people will find hope in it and that it'll be helpful as well. And thank you so much, Tyler, for just spending some time chatting about this as people are still wrestling and really just really hurting. So um, thanks for doing that. And I wish we could have been talking under better circumstances, but thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back, John. Glad to be here. Well, that was my conversation with Tyler. He shared a lot of really helpful things, including giving yourself space to process what has happened helping your kids return to a routine that's helpful for them, and asking them good questions. You can find the resources that we talked about, such as Parent Q and the Crisis Conversations, in our show notes. And once again, thanks for listening.